time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
welcome back everybody. This is the Tom Sumner program as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour. We're going to stay this hour with uh, back-to-school related um, stuff and junk. Um, uh, actually, um, we have a comedy spotlight coming up next and Bill Cosby goes to kindergarten. But uh, after the first break this hour, we're going to spend the rest of the hour talking with Sean Lansing. He's a PR specialist with Brainly. If you're not familiar with Brainly, it's a global homework help platform. And they did a, uh, a recent um, survey about parents and uh, how they feel about kids going back to school this fall. And... Um, there were some disparities between Michigan parents' views compared to other U.S. parents when the national survey results are compared to a recent University of Michigan study. And we're going to talk about the difference in those two studies and what the studies revealed and uh, more about what to expect and, and perhaps get some tips from uh, Brainly PR specialist Sean Lansing. That will be coming up in just a few minutes. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. The big thing I remember the most about uh, growing up as a child was kindergarten. Now to me, the only thing, uh, kindergarten, the only good thing about it is that it teaches you how to say goodbye to your parents without crying. That's all. After that, forget it. They got nothing else for you to do. I remember standing in that schoolyard with 27 snowsuits on and uh, my idiot mittens, you know. The idiot mittens are the ones with the string that go up your arm and around your neck. And the only cool thing about it is if you talk in the left hand, you can listen in the right. Hello? How do you That's all right. Fine. Find another kid with idiot mittens on. You run up, you pull his left mitten, and he smacks himself in the face with the right. <laughs> yeah, I used to love to do that, boy. And we all stood in that line crying. Oh, where are we going? We're going to die. You're going to get us killed. And the next day, I was very cool. Goodbye, mother. Take care of yourself, won't you, dear? I should be home, oh, 12.30, quarter to one, somewhere around here. Might be late. I may have a little milk with the boys, you know what I mean? Tell dad I'll see him around dinner time. Now, once they get you inside, they're lost. They got nothing for you to do because you're only five and you're too dumb to care about anything else. They try, though, you know. One-on-one is two. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Right, yeah, cool, man. One-on-one is two. Yeah, right. What's a two? <laughs> you don't care, man. So then she takes... So then... They, they try these other things, basic things. No, no chairs in kindergarten. Everything's done on the floor. You sit on the floor, stand on the floor, you go home on the floor. Everything's in a circle on the floor so you can look at each other. Little ugly kids with pointed heads. <laughs> and you beat time to Mozart. Ta -dum, ta -dum, boom, ta -dum, ta -dum, boom. How long do we have to keep this up? I don't know. Go another 10 minutes, we'll beat her to death with these sticks, all right? <laughs> then she says, okay, children, it's time for a snack. Right, now you're talking, yes, snack, I want a Hershey bar, me too, give me a baby room, right, no such luck. She brought out a box and gave us each an old dried up, brown, nasty tasting, gag you, stick in the throat, graham cracker. <laughs> and you gotta pray for something to wash it down. Please, we're gonna die if you don't give us something soon. We got the hiccups and everything, please. She said, certainly, went over, got a case of milk that's been sitting on the radiator for about 80 years. 
Nothing in the world better for a bunch of five-year-old kids than good old lukewarm curdly milk. <laughs> yes, sir, we loved it. And the straws in kindergarten are the worst things in the world. Worst straws I've ever seen. They're good for one suck. You pfft, and that's it. Flat as a piece of paper. You're sitting up there. <laughs> then to top it off, she says, okay, it's time for a nap. Yeah, there's nobody in the world anymore wide awake at 11 o'clock in the morning and a bunch of five-year-old kids. 23 kids on 23 cots sleeping wide awake. Only one sleeping is the teacher. She's gone. Thank God for this break, boy. I'm telling you that. I graduated from that into the first grade. I always wanted to get into the first grade because you have your own desk in the first grade, and that's just a part of being cool, man. Yeah, because I remember there was one guy that was just as old as the rest of us, and his name was Richard, man. Richard was cool because he had his own desk. They skipped Richard because he could tie his own tie, you know. Yeah. They used to bring him up, bring him up before the assembly progress, and the president of the school say, "I will right, now have Richard tie his tie for you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, Rich. Yeah. yeah. Rich was cool, man. We used to pass by the room, man, and peep in the first grade and see them all in there sitting at their desk. You can see Rich. We try to make Rich laugh. We make faces at him. Hey, Rich. <laughs> Rich scared to laugh because he get a beating, you know. Now I got my own desk. Ta-dum! I love this desk. Cause they all look alike, but I gotta find out how to find my own. Cause I don't want anybody to know that I'm not cool finding my desk. And I sit down at my desk, look around. I know this is my desk cause I sit in front of Crying Charlie. <laughs> crying Charlie's got the coolest cry in the world, man. You can't hardly hear him or nothing. He just opens up his mouth <laughs> and tears roll down his face and everything, man. I know this is it, because I sit in front of him. So every time I come in to the room, I just look for Crying Charlie, and I sit right in front of him. Of course, if Crying Charlie's absent, I don't know where I'm gonna sit. You know? <laughs> Crying Charlie's absent, I go to his house and sit in front of him. You know? Yeah, gotta fold my hands on top of the desk so the teacher will know what I'm doing. Got some initials on the top of the desk here. Somebody carved them all the way through to the floor. So when you write on your paper, you rip it. <laughs> Got an inkwell. Yeah, boy, they still don't trust us though. No ink in it. Afraid we'll drink it. And I would too, man. Ink is cool to drink, boy. Hey, drink ink about 325, go home with a blue tongue. Used to make my mother faint. Ma, yeah, look. <laughs> my mother was cool, man. She would faint for anything, boy. I used to get hit in the head with a rock, cover up the blood, wait till I get right up on her. Ma, look. Wow. <laughs> we go, Ma, cool, yeah. She got me back one day, though. I was playing with my navel. You know, oh, navel, navel. My mother said, all right, keep playing with your navel. Pretty soon you're gonna break it wide open. The air is gonna come right out of your body. You'll fly around the room backwards for 30 seconds land. You'll be flat as a piece of paper. Nothing but your little eyes bugging out. Keep it up. I used to carry band-aids with me in case I'd have an accident. Gonna learn to uh, write in the first grade now. They give you this paper, grade triple Z. Grade triple Z paper with wood still in it. Big hunks of wood still floating around in it. You gotta write around the hunks of wood. And the lines are about eight feet apart. They don't want you to miss getting in between them lines, man. 
Don't want you to start crying. They give you these pencils as big as a horse's leg. And you rest them on your shoulder as you write. A, B, may I have another piece of paper, please? I will, I I learned the correct procedure for going to the bathroom in the first grade. You just don't raise your hand and, you know, say, may I be excused? You have to let one finger go up. If you want to do one thing, you want to do anything else, you have to let it see two fingers. Case of a tie, two wins out over one. For the longest time, I told the truth. If I had to go, zero one. And then one day it hit me. I was in the bathroom playing the soap dish game. Seven nothing, favor me. And it hit me, now what's she gotta know what I'm in here doing for? It's none of her business whether I'm one in it or two in it. That's why they put doors on the bathroom so nobody will know if you're one in it or two in it in here. And it's not bad enough that the teacher knows I'm one in it, the whole class knows I'm one. You go back in the classroom, people say, how was it, one so I just started lying after that. You know, hey, if I had the one, one, <laughs> they think I'm one in it. Yeah. Then I felt guilty and I'd go back and tell the truth. You know that one? Yes, it was really a two. Just... <laughs> she wrote it down in her book, Bill Cosby did two twos and three ones today. <laughs> I got an A in bathroom going. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. A little comedy courtesy of uh, Bill Cosby talking about kindergarten there. And uh, we're going to stay in the... Uh, school mode as we talk to um, education experts uh, from Brainly, or one in particular, a PR specialist, Sean Lansing, representing uh, Brainly, which is a global homework help platform. It's the uh, largest global online learning community with uh, 250 million monthly users. And uh, they just recently surveyed uh, U.S. parents of school-aged children, grades 1 through 12, to gain insight into their sentiments regarding how school districts should handle the upcoming school year. We talked about technology and the new school year earlier with uh, Andrea Smith, and uh, now we turn to uh, Brainly. But first, we're going to take a short break, let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in edgewise. They are... WFOV 92.1 FM, uh, Our Voices Radio in Flint, operated by the uh, Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do. When we go to break, if you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. 
All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. In just a little while, you folks are going to have the pleasure not only hearing the songs of the star of the program and all, but you're also going to have the pleasure of hearing and watching and seeing in person the gentlemen and ladies who have been supplying the fine music behind the curtain this evening. It's a wonderful orchestra. I love to hear them play. But while you would possibly never even consider counting how many pieces there are in the band, it so happens there are about, I think, 26, 27 members of the orchestra, the stage orchestra here. The only thing is they used to play in Hollywood. And when they were there in Hollywood, California, there were a 65-piece orchestra. And when they were hired by the International Hotel to come here and play, they all got on a, bu- on a bus, all 65 of them with their instruments and everything, and headed out for Las Vegas. The only thing was, when they crossed the Nevada state line, they had fruit inspection, and this is all slack. Here are some most happy fellas, the four lads for four. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. Standing on the corner, giving all the Fords the Thunderbird's kissing cousin. Get in a Ford. Give Ford a try. So don't be standing on the corner. Watching all the Fords. Watching all the Fords. Be the guy who's going by. This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
I remember the night mom was pounding on her drums. She called me to her side. She said, son, you're growing up. Pretty soon you're gonna drive. And daddy heard the commotion and came, came in tap dancing, playing his six string. And they both looked at me and they said, son, before you get behind the wheel of a car, you listen to me. If you're texting while you steer, don't drive. If you've been drinking beer, don't drive. If you're talking on the phone, don't drive. If your tires are bald and it's starting to snow, don't drive. If your foot can't reach the pedal, don't drive. If you're wearing no apparel, don't drive. If you took an illegal prescription, don't drive. And no one understands your diction, don't drive. Don't speed, don't read, don't breathe, don't tweet, don't shave, don't rave, don't wave, don't eat, and don't put no makeup on or shave. You know you're not supposed to do that. If you gotta do something you're not supposed to do, you can go ahead and step on my blue suede shoes. Ah, uh, go ahead and scuff them up. If you're driving with your knees, don't drive. If while you roll, you eat, don't drive. If you don't know how to drive, don't drive. If you've been psychedelicized, don't drive. If you're kissing on your boo, don't drive. If the boo's kissing on you, don't drive. If you've been drinking at a bar, don't drive. If there's guns in the car, don't drive. Don't groom, don't shave, don't tweeze, don't nurse, don't in your ears or rummage through your purse. Ugh. Don't do that. Huh. If you won't do something you're not supposed to do, you can go ahead and talk on my food man chew. Go ahead, I don't care. Watch me tear. If you feel like a nap, don't try If there's a pooch on your lap, oh, it's dangerous and creepy. If you're feeling really wired, if your license is expired, don't you drive around the town. You've got to do something you're not supposed to do. Step on my blues way shoes, scuff them up. Then go ahead and pull on my Fu Manchu. Yeah. If you wanna do something, you wanna do something that's good. If you're feeling like any of that stuff, don't drive. Make sure you got a clear head. Ow. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we continue with uh, our. Uh, show the Tom Sumner program. I guess this hour has been on the show uh, a few times and it's uh, great to have him back. I think everybody knows him as Uncle John as in Uncle John's bathroom reader uh, but we know him as Gordon Jovna. He joins me now by phone. Hey Gordon welcome back to the show. Thanks Tom. It's good to be with you again. Um, you know for people who haven't heard our conversations in the past how did the the bathroom reader, Uncle John's bathroom reader, come about? Well, Uncle John's bathroom reader's genesis is around 1986, uh, when uh, my brother and I had done a few books together, and uh, he called me up one day and said, hey, I got a, a great idea for a book. What is it? 
a bathroom reader. And I just cracked up because, you know, in our family we read in the bathroom, but I didn't think everybody did. But I thought, well, well, that's a fabulous idea for those of us who do. We didn't know how many there were. It turns out there were were a lot of of them. But anyway, I said to him, and and my brother's name is John, so I said to him, (laughs) uh, let's call it Uncle John's bathroom reader because, you know, it's a pun and all that. And he, he cracked up and then... Uh, shortly after that, he started shopping it around to some publishers in New York, uh, most of whom didn't like the idea. We, I like to say they poo-pooed the idea. <laughs> I see what you did there. But, anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we only needed one publisher, and we found one who liked the idea. And bonus, they didn't care what we uh, put in the book because they didn't expect it to be you know, a, a big seller, a super big seller, which it, it turned out to be. But... Uh, we got to put in the kind of things that we like to, to, to read about, you know, uh, short little articles of little trivia things, myth-busting uh, stories that we call oops, you know, and mistakes that people make and um, pop, lots of pop culture, and that's how we started. And it it really kind of, um, it, it has become the library in a lot of bathrooms. <laughs> Be- yeah. Because I, there's I so much variety. Sounds kind of weird. Yeah. Well, people and people tell me not only do they have a bunch of some people tell me they have one for like five years and they just keep reading it over and over again. Uh, I think that's because they can't remember what they read before. But uh, but that's okay. Uh, You know, there's so much in these books. It's like 500 pages. And part of our sort of uh, engineering is that we don't like to leave any blank space in the in the pages. So we, you know, if an article ends, say, mid, midway through a, a page, we fill up the rest of the page with some other short little fact or article. We put little factoids in the margins and, uh, you know, on the uh, we put things on the uh, on the copyright pages and everywhere because we just feel like you should have as much. Uh, was it the New York Times says all the news that fits? No, that's the Rolling Stones says all the news that fits. We just like to cram it in there. So. Um, and it's it's um, interesting because, as you discovered over the last 32 years and, and with 15 million copies in print, there are a lot of people who take to reading in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's I, I used to refer to it as the fortress of solitude because, you know, it's the one place you could get away from everybody and nobody's going to bother you and uh, even if you're so part of bathroom reader is that that you know we have one page articles and two page articles three page articles because you know everybody spent different amounts of of time in the bathroom so well and the thing that's nice about it gordon is and we've probably talked about this before is you know you don't have to read it from beginning to end you don't have to go back and and see where you left off or go back a couple of pages and take another run at, at getting further in the book you can just open it to any page and start reading yeah exactly uh, that's and that's by design too because uh you know, people who are ADD like us, um, <laughs> that's the best you can do is, is open up in the middle. And, and it's a, a pleasure every time you open up in the middle and you find you're not in the middle. You know, you're, you're just, you can start anywhere. And, uh, and, and and the other thing is if you don't like, if you open up a, to, to a page and you see an article on, let's say, sports, you know, 
uh, you're not that interested. I always say that even if you're not interested in, in the topic, you should read the article because it's designed for people who aren't necessarily interested in the topic because it's just, it's, it's, they're fun things to read. But if you, if you don't want to read about sports that day, you flip over to the next page. There better be something, there's going to be something uh, better on the next page. And now this, uh, your, your latest book, Uncle John's Truth, Trivia, and the Pursuit of Factiness, is not under the, the brand uh, bathroom reader. Um, is, why, why is that? Yes, it is. <laughs> it says Uncle John's Truth, Trivia, and the Pursuit of Factiness bathroom reader. Oh, okay. Well, the bathroom reader is in pretty small print. It's not like uh, yes, it is. It's yes, it it's is. not like the ones I'm used to seeing. Um, and right. and how much was uh, was that influenced by Strange History? And how long has Strange History been out? Uh, Strange History's been out for three or four years. That's what um, I was thinking. Uh, yeah, that that's it's you know I think the publishers just thought oh well that's you know. Let's let's promote two books uh, while you're on there. And the fact is, Strange History is a great book. It, it, I would say if you have an even shorter attention span, if your attention span is too short for uh, for even a bathroom reader, uh, <laughs> Strange History is a great it's a great title, great uh, uh, book because they are very short bits of wacky history, and uh, they're a lot of fun. The, all the entries are, are a lot of fun. And uh, they're very quick reads. So um, there's that. Uh, why did Bathroom Reader get smaller on the page? I don't know. <laughs> I, I was just curious. How, how many designer did it? So. How, how many books does that make that that uh, that you've come out with? In the entire Bathroom Reader universe, uh, it has to be 70, 80, I don't know, maybe more. Uh, you know, some of them did well some of them didn't didn't do as well um but um you know it's 30 32 bathroom readers and a few other we, at one point we were doing books about individual states and uh, we have a few uh, other topics music uh golf baseball you know when you books. said when you mentioned uh you know if you didn't if you're if your attention span was too short for a bathroom reader, that Strange History was a great book for you, especially in this in this age of tweets and memes and texts. Um, is is shorter better? Um, shorter is, uh, you know, I don't know if it's better, but it. it it certainly uh, it appeals to a different part of your brain than longer. Um, when, when I've been told that that the bathroom reader style really changed um, everything uh, because it predicted internet style, uh, which is shorter, you know, headlines yeah. only kind of kind of thing. Um, and my brother used to wonder whether. CNN's crawl, you know, the news crawl at the bottom was a sort of a um, something that they took from what we do on the bottom of every page, which is we call them running feet because they're at the foot of every page. But we have a little fact on the bottom of every page. Um, so shorter, 
is I don't know that it's better. It's just different. It's a different uh, maybe a little more accessible. It makes it much more accessible. You can get a lot of info. We live in an information world, and we are bombarded with information. So uh, shorter becomes a necessity. Now, that's not the same thing as, as quite as what we do, because uh, when I say ADD, you know, in short attention span, I'm talking about myself as well. <laughs> so uh, some things I can't, you can't get if you have to spend a lot of time with them. It's a different it's a different uh, way of seeing it, I guess. Now, we've talked several times, Gordon, and this is the first time that, that I can say that I, that I became aware that, um, that you used to play music. Yeah, I was in a band in the 70s called Quacky Duck and His Barnyard Friends <laughs> with, uh, with, with a bunch of guys and... Uh, uh, we just had our, you know, we stopped playing together, I think, in in the mid-70s, and uh, we just had our 40th uh, reunion a couple of years ago, which was a lot of fun. What instrument do you play? I play the guitar, and I was a singer in the band. And and how did you get started playing guitar? Oh, just like every it's 60s guy you know the beatles <laughs> from watching the beatles on ed sullivan i thought i yeah. thought maybe that's where yeah. you were gonna um where you yeah. were gonna go with that um but uh now this um the the, the brand uncle john's bathroom reader has become yeah. a a real full-time thing i mean you have a whole staff of people that that put these books together and do all the fact finding how do you go about and i'm i'm grab i'm grabbing from strange history now but um how do you go about finding out for example that julius caesar was afraid of cats um where would that fact even be recorded yeah um well fortunately uh for fact collectors uh, uh you know when it comes to you know, kings and dictators and uh, nobility and all that stuff. That's that's where the history used to be. So, you know, that is the kind of thing that would have been that would have been uh, written down in uh, Plutarch or some some place, somebody would have written that down. Um, but uh, we we um, you know we find these things. Some of these things um, you'll never find on on the internet. Be they'll only be in books. Uh, so we still do book research, but um, that has changed so much in the past uh, 20 years or so that we used to, that used to be the only way we could get it, find information if somebody wrote about it. And, and uh, you know, we, we used we used books and magazines and newspapers because we thought, of course, at the time we thought if it's in a book, it must be true. So um, <laughs> that was we, we, we weren't as uh, rabid about fact-checking back then, but then we didn't have the same resources that we have today. Today, uh, information is everywhere, so it's the opposite. You have to sort out the things that, that uh, everybody knows to find the things that are have slipped through the cracks. Um, so uh, I can't tell you where the where the Julius Caesar fact came from, but um, but I know it was fact-checked, so... Is is it important to um, 
I, I, I don't see where you cite sources in some of these things. No. But is there, no. is there if, if someone should ever challenge a fact, a way of, of going back and, and verifying uh, where it was fact-checked and, and how and so on? Um, we used to keep those kind of uh, copious records of where things came from, and we used to be challenged quite, quite uh, frequently. Uh, uh, it's impossible to do a book of this. You know, this is a 500-page book, um, and as I said, it's crammed full of information. You can imagine how many individual facts there are. Uh, it's impossible to never, never drop a, a stitch. But uh, today, we're we're pretty careful about fact-checking, and things can be um, can be researched pretty pretty easily if we if somebody accuses us or calls us attention to the fact that we goofed. And we do goof sometimes, but less well, frequently than we used to. It's it, it's funny. I, I almost feel like it's uh, like when I see Columbus saw a UFO from the deck of the Santa Maria, I feel like I should be wearing a foil hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saw something in the sky. That That is in, and that's a fact. He saw some, something in the sky. I doubt he thought of E.T., but uh, uh, he did see something. And and Queen Victoria smoking marijuana to cure cramps. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 from the strange history book. I just happen yeah. to have one in in front of me, but um, but these are the kinds of uh, unusual facts that that mm-hmm. appear in the in the book in in strange history for sure but uh is it is it a lot of the same kinds of stuff in in truth trivia and the pursuit of factiness um well in in truth trivia and the pursuit of factiness we sort of uh, mix in um uh, you know it's not just weird weird fact it's it's fun information as well as well i mean you you know, you, in in the strange history, you'll learn you read about the the cloud people of Peru. Uh, right. That's not that's not what you'd call a, a practical. Uh, it's it's fascinating, but it's not you know like. But in in uh, uh, the bathroom reader, you'll find you know, uh, I don't know, you start a story about wor- worst business decisions of of uh, of all time, and and we have. I don't know how many do we have here. Five examples of, of terrible business decisions. Like my my favorite one is uh, about Kodak. And if you're under 25, you probably don't even know what Kodak is. Um, if you're over 25, you probably know that Kodak was the a giant in the photography uh, industry. In fact, you almost say it was synonymous with photography. Uh, Kodak moments, under, exactly, and and uh, the the reason that um, if you're under 25 you've never heard of them is uh, is because of a terrible business decision that Kodak made in in 1975 when they invented the digital camera, uh, the first electronic camera, and they decided not to pursue it because they were afraid it was going to cannibalize their film business. And, of course, 
that was true. That did happen, but they're not the ones that, that cannibalized it. Everybody else went into digital photography and, uh, and, and uh, put them out of business. They didn't actually come out with a product, in fact, until uh, 1995 and uh, didn't promote it heavily. And by that, after that, it, it was too late because the, the, the photography world passed them by. Terrible business decision. Yeah, and and um, now has has work continued over the last uh, three months uh, under all these stay at home orders? Is is your staff uh, able to work from home? Oh yeah, uh, one one freelance writer said to me uh, at last, "My life as a hermit pays off." <laughs> now everybody's doing it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we 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 continue to to collect stories and continue to write. Uh, uh, the pandemic hasn't affected us at all, except I don't know about book sales. Then they have. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to ask about that. More people are reading. Yeah, I was going to ask if if more people are reading and if uh, if it hasn't, um, you know, bookstores of course have been closed, but uh, you know. Are there online versions of the book? I mean, certainly people can order books online from Amazon and other vendors, but um, are there online versions of of the books? Uh, there are ebook versions. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in fact, uh, most of our catalog is no longer available in print. I think uh, when I say most. When I say I think I'm, I'm saying most, a lot of our catalog is no longer available in print, but it is available uh, as ebook in ebook format. So, yeah, there's that, and like you said, you can order books online still. Too bad bookstores. But you know, I have a friend who owns a bookstore, and she delivers books. People call, and she delivers them, and she's done pretty well during the uh, pandemic by doing that. That's that's a great idea. Um, we're not. My guest is Gordon Javna, the creator, uh, or one of the creators of the Uncle John's Bathroom series, and uh, kind of a surprise visit for, with uh, with Gordon. Um, actually, because we were supposed to, we were scheduled to have Sean Lansing from uh, uh, Brainly on the show, and for some reason we weren't able to connect with him. That's uh, that's actually two in a row on today's show. Hopefully coming up in our third hour, we will in fact have uh, our scheduled guest, Karen Slaughter, best-selling uh, author. But in the meantime, we're revisiting a, a conversation with Gordon Javna from the Uncle John Bathroom uh, reader series and uh, we'll have more with Gordon after we take a short break if you're listening to us on 92.1 FM we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com we have some messages as well don't touch that dial don't click that mouse Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. 
The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacle that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. The interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange, it's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman steady sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you, could you be happy 
If your name this is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. We'll have more with the editor-in-chief of the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Series, Gordon Javna, straight ahead. Are you ever concerned that, that you're going to run out of uh, trivia? You know, I, I am. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, because you, cause you I, pack I, so I, much into every book, Gordon, and with, you know, 70 or 80 books out there, that's, that's an awful lot of, uh, lot of facts. Yeah, well, you know, I am afraid, of, uh, you know, it does, I wonder anyway, I don't say I'm afraid, but I, I do wonder. It's like, wh- where are we going to stop finding... But then I, I, we always find more interesting facts, things that, that just slip through the cracks in the news or, uh, you know, we love stories that are like weirdness and, and uh, what we call oops, where there are mistakes that people make. And you, you never run out of them because people are still, you know, just as uh, doofy as, as ever. They still make those mistakes. And then there's the other things which are, you know, we get ideas because we just sort of see something. And I, I like the example of uh, – so I live in Portland, Oregon. And down the street from from my house is uh, a pizza restaurant called Life of Pie. Oh, yeah. And I just love the pun. I just love the pun. So I, uh, last year I, I thought to myself, there must be more of these out there. There must be other restaurants with, with punny, you know, fun, punny names. And so we did some research and we found uh, Debbie Does Donuts. <laughs> um, we found uh, <laughs> with L- Lard Have Mercy, Vincent Van Donut, Pita Pan, uh, Bread Zeppelin, Moonwalk, Bean Me Up, uh, Lox Stock and Bagels, Planet of the Grapes, uh, Wish You Were Beer, Lord of the Fries. You know, so we don't seem to run out of human ingenuity, so or or, or at least sense of humor. So we probably still find. Yeah, I I was always fascinated by, I I was always fascinated by uh, restaurant names, Um, you know, places like, you know, the Rib Cage or Adam's Ribs. And um, whenever I would travel, I'd come across those. Those are those are fun. And and I think you're right, Gordon. Um, As long as there are people, there are always going to be oops moments. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mistakes we or will never be perfect, so we can count on the world for making more mistakes. And 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 people, you know, there's people are people, so there's always more colorful characters to write about. There's always mistakes in history that, and history is so vast that we can always find something that has been overlooked, and um, and is still interesting. Great stories, you know. Well, and and there's. Um... You know, depending on people's tastes, there are some facts that, uh, you know, maybe people were embarrassed to report on, like Mozart's infatuation with farts. There you go. (laughs) And and that doesn't seem to hold you guys back. No, we love that kind of stuff. (laughs) No, obviously, we we like bathroom. We like bathroom humor. That's I don't know why it's perpetually interesting and perpetually funny underwear is always funny uh, people going going uh bonkers on, on on airplanes and things or you know as long as there's no death involved but sometimes even if there is death involved there it's it's fascinating story you know we we uh, uh 
you know, and somebody years ago sent me the name of, uh, of a town in Nova Scotia. I can't remember the name of the town right now, but um, where uh, on 9-11, when U.S. airspace was closed, um, they, uh, there were all these planes in the air, and they had to land somewhere. And this little town had an airstrip, and they opened up their airstrip to all these planes from, from the U.S. who were flying uh, over the country. And, you know, they made lifelong friendships. And I think they even made a Broadway show out of it uh, years later. But, um, you know, so there's great stories all the time. And uh, I don't think we'll ever run out. Well, the newest book is uh, Uncle John's Truth Trivia and the Pursuit of Factiness Bathroom Reader and uh, the newest in the Bathroom bathroom Reader series. And if you're looking for bathroom humor, where better to find it than in an actual bathroom reader? But um, the, uh, and it isn't all bathroom humor, as we've been talking about. There's also um, their their recent book, uh, Strange History, is, is all still available, as well as all their books. But what's next for you guys? Well, uh, we have uh, Uncle John's 33rd bathroom reader in the wings. Uh, that's, that'll be coming out soon. And uh, one can only assume 34 comes after that. So, well, best. You know, I, I have to say, I, I just love collecting this information. So I, I'm fine. I'll do this until I can't pick up a. a I was going to say a pen, but then <clears throat> I should have said typewriter key. Oh, uh, a keyboard key. Didn't didn't a anymore. Okay. Didn't didn't pens go out with uh, Kodak? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, pencils and, did. I don't know. And rotary dial phones. Yeah. I miss the rotary dial. But uh, but anyway, we got we got to wrap it up here, Gordon. But it's always so much fun to talk okay. with you. And uh, best of luck to you and and your whole crew and. And the series, and I hope it keeps uh, going strong for you. And thanks for spending some time with me today. Thank you, Tom. Uh, thank you for inviting me on your show again. And I'll leave you with this: uh, what we call the Groaners. Um, <laughs> what do the movies Titanic and The Sixth Sense have in common? I give up. I see dead people. <laughs> that is that is a groaner, John. Do you guys have a website? <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, Gordon, thanks again, and uh, and take care. Stay safe. Hey, Tom. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Gordon Javna. He is um, the uh, editor-in-chief of the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Series. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Myself. 
Tone Corduroy from a live performance back in, uh, well, I think sometime last year in our studio for the Tom Sumner program. They're going to be our musical guests coming up this Friday. Uh, up next in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour, we turn to the world of thrillers with bestseller Karen Slaughter. 
Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.